The Atlanta Braves get a great bounce back shutout win over the Arizona Diamondbacks on Wednesday. We'll talk about that and also I'll give you my players of the month for the Atlanta Braves, both at the major league and minor league level. And we'll preview the upcoming series with the Colorado Rockies on today's episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see everywhere I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written format over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe and like button. really does help out the show a ton. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen each and every day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. That out of the way, let's jump into today's podcast. We're going to break down Wednesday's big shutout win over the Diamondbacks to avoid the sweep. And then I'm going to start a new segment giving you my players of the month for May. And we'll cover that. And we'll also talk about the upcoming series against the Rockies. But let's start with Wednesday's 6 to nothing win over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Look, Tuesday was a, a tough game, a tough loss. But one thing this Braves team has done all year is after a tough loss like that, they've been able to bounce back and pick up a win and end a you know potential losing streak. They still have yet to win three in a row. They've yet to lose three in a row. It is the definition of mediocrity, which is what this Braves team is. But at the very least, it gives you hope that when they have losses like that, they're able to come back the next day, pick themselves up off the floor, and get a win and hopefully get some momentum going. and. You know, doing that is keeping them alive, maybe not in the division, which it looks like the Mets are already starting to run away with that. But at the very least, it's keeping them in the race for the postseason berth, which you get an extra spot this year. So that's very huge that, you know, can't be understated, you know, how much it means to come back after those tough losses and win a game to keep you in the hunt and not let that lead to a four, five, six game losing streak that really sets you back. So I know Tuesday's loss hurts. The Braves have too many losses like that. But to be able to come back on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon game, and win a game like they did, which the way that they won it was just perfect. It was exactly what they needed. You got six strong innings from Kyle Wright. Maybe not his most clean performance, and we'll talk about that. But you got some add-on runs late to be able to make it a stress-free ending so you don't have to use a lot of the bullpen. You know, this really was the perfect bounce-back win that the Braves needed after Tuesday. And, you know, I love the offense adding those runs late. It's what I've been talking about. I believe they mentioned on the TV broadcast the fact that the Braves have been outscored going into Wednesday's game, outscored by 23 runs in innings 7 through 9. 
And that's typically where we see the Braves do a lot of their damage over the last three or four years or late innings is really where they have excelled and been able to put teams away or come back on teams. And we just haven't seen that happen. And that's really hurt them a lot this year because they haven't gotten those add-on runs. It's allowed teams to come back against them. It's allowed them to not be able to put games away so that Brian Snicker is having to use his best bullpen arms in every game. And I think we're starting to see the results of that. The fact that, you know, there was a two week stretch where you pretty much had close games every day and Snicker was having to use his best bullpen arms pretty much every day. There were no breaks for the bullpen. Every game was tight. And that's because the Braves offense wasn't able to add on runs late. So it was huge. They got those add-on runs late in the game on Wednesday because it was just a 2 nothing game after six innings to kind of put that one away, allow Snicker to rely on some of his more lower-level, lower-leverage relievers to get through that game. So you couldn't have asked for a better game after what happened on Tuesday and to set them up for going to Colorado in Coors Field where the Rockies had to play a doubleheader on Wednesday the Braves pitching is now set up for that series. The bullpen is rested, and they are ready to go. So a great win on Wednesday. Again, stops a potential three-game losing streak. Hopefully sets them up for success in Colorado. William Contreras, a, a, a three-hit game for him. You got to find ways to get his bat in the lineup. He's just too hot right now. Whatever you have to do, whether it's DH, catcher, put him out in left field if you have to. You got to find a way to put his bat in the lineup. He is just, you can't, you don't know how long this will last. And hopefully this is the, the hitter that William Contreras is, and that's what he'll be. I doubt he's going to have, you know, an 1,100 OPS for the rest of his career. But when a guy is as hot as he is right now, play him. Look, if you got to play him over Travis Darno right now, who I know has been good for the Braves this year and a consistent hitter in the lineup, then that's what you got to do. But this bat is too unbelievably hot at the moment to set him on the bench. He's got to be playing at least four games a week, if not five or six games. You got to get his bat in the lineup, and it's just really incredible what he's doing. Again, three hits on Wednesday, two doubles. He has a hit in eight of his last nine starts, 13 hits in his last 33 at-bats, including five doubles and three home runs. So not just hitting, hitting for power as well. And the Braves obviously – need that in the lineup right now, having some consistent hitters who you feel comfortable with every time they go to the plate. And that's what I feel in William Contreras right now. And it's crazy that he's able to do this while trying to grow defensively at a catcher where I think he has made tremendous strides this year. But also, you know, going from DH, catcher, trying to learn left field. He talked about it in his postgame interview. You know, he's continuing to get reps in the outfield in case the Braves need him there so he's trying to learn a new position getting at bats kind of sparingly and he's still able to hit and perform like he has been so again i don't know how long this hot streak will last but i know you have to get him in the lineup while he's going like he is so hopefully we see more of that the braves offense in general was really good on wednesday they had 13 balls hit 98 miles per hour or harder on wednesday I uh, want to mention Michael Harris had an RBI double off the center field wall, hit it 105 miles per hour. Would have been a home run at pretty much any other ballpark, but they have that big wall out in Arizona there. So great to see that from Michael Harris. You know, back-to-back -back games 
with RBI hits. Good to see him kind of get going with the bat as well. He's already been great defensively, as we talked about yesterday. But Braves offense in general, really hitting the ball hard and getting a lot of, of hits lately, double-digit hits um, in six of their last ten games that they've played since Brian Snicker started to shake up the lineup a little bit. So great to see that, especially going into Colorado, uh, where there was a lot of runs scored on Wednesday. So hoping that the offense has a big weekend in Colorado. And then finally, Kyle Wright. Look, his final line, six innings, three hits, five walks, no earned, five strikeouts. Not his sharpest of games. He continues to struggle with fastball command, which is just kind of crazy to me that I've seen Kyle Wright and Max Fried in particular struggle with fastball command this year. I don't know what the reasoning for that is. Again, I don't want to blame everything on the baseballs, but if the baseballs have changed, perhaps you know there's a sleekness to the ball. Maybe the, the seams are higher or lower. Whatever it may be, I, I don't know, but it's just crazy to see pitchers that are struggling with four-seam fastball command. I don't know. Again, I don't know the reasoning behind that, but it is pretty apparent that at least he and Max Fried are struggling with fastball command at times. But five walks, that's far too many. But able to get out of jams and, you know, it's mentioned on the broadcast a lot by Chip Carey, the fact that this version of Kyle Wright two years ago, he doesn't get out of the third inning of this game. Those walks lead to blue pits lead to home runs and he is knocked out of this game early. That's the difference in this version of Kyle Wright. He had traffic in several different innings. Doesn't panic, doesn't really get bothered by it, just makes his pitches and is able to get out of those innings. So, you know, even though it wasn't the sharpest game for him, five walks, that's far too many. You can't be having that. He still has the composure and the stuff to get out of that jams and he and get out of those jams and he knows that now and that's continues to be a big development for him this year. Only seven swings and misses tells you, you know, he wasn't exactly fooling hitters, but did create a lot of weak contact. 91 mile per hour average exit velocity against is pretty solid, but 25 called strikes. That is a huge number of called strikes there. Again, generating a lot of weak contact, only five hard hit balls against him by the Diamondbacks. So a very big start for Kyle Wright. Huge that he's able to get through that sixth inning, something Charlie Morton wasn't able to do on Tuesday, and it ended up really costing them. Something Kyle Wright did do on Wednesday is that he was able to go back out for that sixth, get through that inning, save the bullpen, give the offense time to pull away in the top of the seventh, and then Snicker feels much better about going to McHugh and Chavez to finish that game off. So big kudos to Kyle Wright for pushing through that outing, getting through six innings, and really saving that Braves bullpen. Next, I want to start a new segment that I'm going to do at the top of each month, giving you my players of the month from the previous month. We'll talk about that next, and I'll tell you who those winners are. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry, you have computers at home with access to Rock Auto and in your pocket as well. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, sometimes even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. 
Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything that you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, do us a favor and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So I want to start a new segment that I'm going to do at the top of each month, giving you my players of the month. If you like this segment, let me know in the comments. If you want to start doing a player of the week segment, let me know and I'll start doing that as well. But I at least want to start doing a player of the month. You know, looking back at each month, which player, you know, performed the best and really helped the Braves out. But I also want to look at the minor league level as well and see who's performing down there. So let's start with our May player of the month for the Atlanta Braves. And it's really no surprise on the offensive side of things. Dansby Swanson, I mentioned the other day, not only is he the player of the month for the Braves in May, I think he's been the best player for the Braves all year long. When you combine what he's done offensively for a month plus now and what he brings you defensively, being one of the best defensive players in all of baseball this year, I think he's been the Braves' best player. And you look at war numbers on fan graphs, and that proves true that he does. He is the best player on the Braves this year in terms of, of war. Um, obviously, if Acuna's in there every day, you know, it, it, he would be up there, but he's not. And Swanson has been, and Swanson's been performing. In May, he slashed 305, 357, 490 with an 847 OPS. You know, not a lot of walks for Dansby. He's going to have to hit for a high average for his on base percentage to be up. But a 357 on base percentage, really good for Dansby Swanson, who again still strikes out a lot, doesn't walk a ton. But when you hit over 300 for a month, that's certainly going to help boost that on-base percentage. Scored 18 runs, had 31 total hits, including eight doubles, five home runs, drove in 17, and stole six bases. The stolen base has really been big for Dansby Swanson this year. Had six of them in May. Had a WRC plus in May of 136. So that's really good. 100 is average, so well above that. Only a 12% soft contact rate, uh, about 50% medium rate, and obviously, you know, very good in the hard hit rate as well. But, you know, that just tells you he was on everything. And that's why I was so frustrated. There was a really bad call against him on Tuesday on a 2-2 count, a pitch that was well off the plate inside that really just took that a bat away from Dansby. And you had a runner on first. That's called a ball. Then you get a 3-2 count. Maybe you put the runner in motion and Dansby's been on everything lately and so that at bat and I know you know there's calls like that all throughout a game but that one was particularly bad I saw it on the baseball umpire scorecard after that game it was listed as one of the worst calls of the game and that really kind of frustrated me just because like I said Dansby Swanson has been on everything lately squaring up every ball that he he puts in play uh, so great to see from Dansby again I'll remind you he ebbs and flows. It's a roller coaster with Dansby. You know he's going to have a low at some point, but the high that he is having right now has really been huge in carrying the Braves through May while a lot of the other players were slumping. We're starting to see those players come around, Ozuna, Olsen, Riley, starting to get hot again, and Dansby continues to be hot, and that's why the offense is clicking like it is at the moment. As far as pitcher of the month, got to go with Max Freed here. 3-0, and a 3-1-6 ERA, 1.22 whip. A little bit high for Max Freed. I think part of that is because 
of the walks. He's walked at least two batters in his last four outings. But 37 innings, 37 strikeouts, you know, that's about where Max usually is, a, a K for nine of nine uh, throughout his career. But a really solid month from the ace in Max Freed. But I wanted to mention A.J. Minter as well. And I know he gave up some big key inherited runs on Tuesday in that loss. But overall in the month of May, 14 games, 13 and a third innings pitched, did not allow a single earned run had a whip of 0.83, nine hits, 18 strikeouts, and what has been absolutely massive for A.J. Minter this year, just two walks in those 13 and a third innings. Braves pitching staff has struggled with walks all year long. A.J. Minter has struggled with walks throughout his career. That has not been the case this season, and it's why he's been the Braves' best bullpen arm all year long. So a great month for Max and A.J., from the pitching side of things, and a huge month for Dansby Swanson at the plate. Turn our attention to minor league players of the month. And Landon Stevens on the offensive side down in Rome, I think he's my pick for minor league player of the month. Some good candidates here, and I'll read off some honorable mentions as well. But Landon Stevens down at Rome, slash 277, 396 with a 602 OPS or a 602 slugging and a 998 OPS. He had 23 hits, six doubles, seven home runs, scored 17 runs, drove in 23, had 11 walks, and even had a stolen base in there as well. So a huge month for Landon Stevens down at Rome. And then on the pitching side of things, I'm going to go with Jared Schuster at Mississippi. Five games started, 24 innings pitched, a 2.25 ERA, a 0.92 whip, 24 innings, 23 strikeouts, and just six walks. So a huge month for Jared Schuster there in Mississippi, the former first-round pick of the Atlanta Braves. Big stuff there from him at Mississippi. I want to give you some honorable mentions as well from the minor league level. Phil Gosselin at Gwinnett had a huge month. Slash 320, 346, 600 with a 946 OPS, 24 hits, seven doubles, a triple, four homers, 11 runs, 11 RBI, and two stolen bases. Also, Chadwick Trump, the catching depth for the Rays right now, very solid. Trump slash 263, 300, 632, and 932 OPS. A lot of that because he had eight home runs on the month at Gwinnett. Eight of his 20 hits that he had in the month were home runs. So a big month from Chadwick Trump at Gwinnett. Seth Elledge, nine innings uh, pitched, five hits, three walks, one earned, 14 strikeouts. That's an ERA of one and a 0.89 whip for the Gwinnett out of the bullpen. Uh, also at Mississippi, you had Jalen Miller, who slashed 308, 400, 554, and 954 OPS. 20 hits, 7 doubles, 3 homers, 13 runs, 16 runs batted in. And C.J. Alexander as well with a good month at Mississippi. Slash 255, 304, 532, and 836 OPS. Had 24 hits, 2 doubles. He, like Chadwick Trump, also had 8 home runs, 17 runs scored, 20 RBI, and also 5 stolen bases. So good month there from C.J. Alexander. Also at Mississippi on the pitching side, you had Justin Macy who had 10 games, 10 and two-thirds innings, didn't allow a run, 0.75 whip, seven hits allowed, just one walk, 15 strikeouts, and five saves. So a big month there for the closer for Mississippi. And then finally at Augusta, I've mentioned him on a lot of my weekly updates, but 
Brandal Mesquita at Augusta slash 311, 361, 456. That's an 817 OPS. 28 hits on the month, five doubles, a triple, two homers, 13 runs, 11 RBI, and five stolen bases. So a big month for him for the Augusta Green Jackets. So those are my players of the month, both for the Braves and at the minor league level. Again, let me know if you enjoy that segment. We'll try to do that at the top of each month. Next, I want to preview the game on Thursday between the Atlanta Braves and the Colorado Rockies as they start a series there. How many runs can this Braves offense score? We'll talk about that next. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will, ha- will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Braves listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings as well. Use code LOCKEDON, that's code LOCKEDON, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. The Atlanta Braves head to Colorado for a four-game series. And on Thursday, it will be Ian Anderson versus Austin Gomber on the mound. The Rockies are coming off a doubleheader to the Marlins on Wednesday in which their pitching gave up 26 runs. They actually split that doubleheader, a 13-12 marathon game in the nightcap of that doubleheader. So a lot of runs being scored in cores right now. That's great for the Braves' offense. Austin Gomber has given up eight runs, or he gave up eight runs in an inning in the third against the Nats in his last start, and that was at Washington. It was not in Coors, so not a great last outing for him. But before that, he had worked into the sixth inning in six straight starts, giving up two earned or less in four of those. So he'd been really good up to that point, but coming off a really bad outing against the Nationals. Ian Anderson, he's given up four earned in each of his last two starts. Kind of misleading. Some of those runs came late. It's really been a struggle for Ian Anderson getting through that lineup a third time. And I think that's something you have to watch for him when he gets into the sixth, seventh inning of games. I think you have to have a short leash with him. And I get it. A lot of starters struggle a third time through a lineup. And I've talked about it on here. The fact that he doesn't have that, you know, dominant third or fourth pitch, I think really hurts him a second and third time through the order. So like to see him, you know, correct that, hopefully get over that hump and be able to go deep into a game. But especially in cores, you get through five innings, two earned or less. I think you got to consider that a solid start. Hopefully that's what Ian Anderson can give the Braves on Thursday night. Pitched in Colorado last September, gave up four earned on five hits and four walks over three innings. Just a three inning start there in cores last September. So Looking for a better outing than that on Thursday. 
The offense for the Braves, like I said, has really been rolling lately. Double-digit hits in six of their last 10 games. That needs to continue in Colorado. Again, obviously, as you know, a great place for hitters. Hopefully, the offensive trend for the Braves continues and they can pile up the hits and runs in this series. And this has to be a series win. It's a four-game series. I talked about it in the last four-game series against the Phillies. That had to be a series win. They ended up getting the split. Can't have any more splits, especially against teams like the Rockies, who I know have played probably better than a lot of people thought they would this year. But with the way the Braves' offense is going right now, this has to be a series win, and hopefully they get it done in Colorado. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that or on YouTube and hit that like button. And we will talk to you next time.